Break them up. All right. You want to start? Sure. Okay, good. So here's what we're going to do. Here's the idea. We're going to rip off um, another another podcast, another show uh, for a game. Okay. Sounds good. Um, there's this podcast I listen to a lot, and um, it's by uh, John Lovett. Oh, I love him. He's the best. I can't believe he has a podcast. You know, The Critic was like my favorite cartoon of all time. No. Um, I think that's a common mistake. Uh, I said John Lovett, who's the uh, former Obama speechwriter guy. He works with with John Favreau. Oh, yeah, Favreau, Dinner for Five. It's a great show. No. A a, a really weird point of entry for, I would have gone with Iron Man. But um, or maybe swingers, but John Favreau, no, is not that John Favreau. So it's not that John Lovett. You're thinking of John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live, and um, not John Favreau. These are the the, the two guys that uh, together they, they they were part of the Obama team. They started the media company with Tommy Vitor. Oh, I love that dude with the beard, the conspiracy blogs, and the tweet storms about Hezbollah, the Unabomber style, right? No. Um, what? I think you're thinking of the weird Twitter bearded guy Thomas Wichter, which is really weird. I don't even know how you would know who that guy is. That's a very random pull out of nowhere. No, Tommy Vitor, not the guy who's on Twitter, who's the world's like foremost expert on World War One flamethrowers. I'm talking about the former National Security Council spokesman, not the not the Twitter dude. How do you even know about that other guy? I like flamethrowers. I've never heard you express any kind of interest in flamethrowers. Um, anyway, John Lovett. Not John Lovett's. Uh, not the critic. Not Saturday Night Live, dude. Uh, he has a show called Love It or Leave It. On that show, he does a little uh, game called OK Stop, where we listen to some clips of some crazy right-wing bullshit, um, like Fox News or, or Trump or or one of like Trump's surrogates, like Kellyanne Conway, just saying bullshit until... They say something so ridiculous, you just say, okay, stop, and make a comment about it. That's the rules. It's pretty pretty simple. Does, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So I wanted to do some low-hanging fruit and just go with somebody who's like way over the top crazy, fucking bonkers, insane. And um, so I just went straight for the best person. Can you can you think you can, uh, can guess who it is, who's going to be our, our target for our version of okay, stop? Um, Sean Hannity. No, crazier than crazier than Sean Hannity. Glenn Beck. No, dude, like somebody that they don't even. This person, this is a person they won't even let on real radio. Oh, okay, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, that's it. You got it. He's the the host of Infowars, <laughs> um, which is heard by. I just found this out because I googled it before this this uh, this recording. Seven million listeners. Infowars, according to Alexa, every month. Um, yeah, you asked Alexa. That's the guy. I asked Alexa, not that Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, the, uh, the 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 the, the, the compete dot com version of Alexa that tells you like your website sucks and that your podcast oh, okay. that nobody listens to your podcast. So this is the chemtrails guy, the Newtown hoax guy, the nine eleven inside job guy. Right, right. He's the one. Well. I think, like, for our listeners, once you hear him, you know exactly who is who he is. We've all kind of seen him or parodies of him. We've seen, you know, like, John Oliver and people like that making 
making fun of him. I don't. I don't think that any of us progressives actually listen to him. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're just gonna play some like random uh, selections of shit from his show and and see what we think. And whenever you hear some crazy shit, just say okay, stop, and we'll we'll jump right into it. All right. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. Clip number one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, it's November 13, and we've got a huge show for you. Later on, we've got Roger Stone from Washington, D.C. with an incredible, groundbreaking report the mainstream media is never going to tell you about. That's at the top of our third hour. But first, so this is what's going on. It's in our neighborhoods, in America today. This is it. What I've been talking about, what we've been warning you about, what they are trying to do to this country. This from The Hill. Uh, headline, record Obamacare sign-up drive enters third week. Obamacare is entering its third week of open enrollment, and supporters are watching to see if the uh, fast pace of sign-ups will continue. About 600,000 people, it says here, uh, signed up for Obamacare plans in the first four days of open enrollment. Uh, that's a record. Uh, folks, this isn't a coincidence. Healthcare is the most important thing in the world, and people know that. Obamacare's nice, but it isn't perfect. State by state, I've been saying this forever. We need to expand Medicaid. Ideally, we would get to a socialized model similar to what they have in the UK or Australia or Canada. Phase out this demonic practice of insurance and phase it out for good. The fact is that insurance company fat cats don't want you to know that these countries have longer lifespans, they get better health care, better quality of life, their health problems have better outcomes, and they pay less for it. And of course they do. It makes sense. When you take a necessary service and the people who need it and you put a for-profit business between them, what do you think is going to happen? Universal socialized healthcare delivers better results at lower costs. You cannot deny this. You cannot deny numbers, folks. But they won't admit it. That's how it is when you're living in the matrix. But we'll say it here at InfoWars because that's what it means to fight for our republic against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Back after a few words. You never said stop. I didn't say stop either. I kind of agreed with everything he had to say. Yeah, I, me too. It's did you so know that those weird. were his like feel? Did you know that that's how Alex Jones thought about healthcare? I didn't know he had that position. I mean, maybe maybe that's just one issue that we do agree with him on. I don't, I don't know. That's really weird. Um, I mean, I've never listened to this show before, so I don't want to sound like. All right. Well, I don't know. Let's let's try. Um, let's do clip number two. Maybe. Okay. We'll have a little more critical things to say about that they try to get you worried about these things bathroom bills transgender people football players kneeling on the field what about the fact that our country is becoming a police state folks where people of color have the law applied unevenly compared to white people folks if you're like me you love to drive around a little tipsy with a busted taillight an unregistered firearm you never told your ex-wife about because you're a man and you're allowed to have some secrets but if you're black in this country and you try to enjoy those same freedoms it's likely you're going to be subject to an unconstitutional search and seizure and likely you're going to lose your life in the ensuing encounter with the police 
Then if you're lucky, and you do survive, you get outfitted with some device on your car that you have to blow into to get your engine started. And since you're black, it's far more likely you'll be victimized by our criminal justice system. You'll get a harsher sentence, and your bail or probation are far more likely to be revoked, all because you wanted to have some good, clean fun. Folks, we need to have a serious national conversation about race, about law enforcement, and about equity in our criminal justice system. It is long overdue, and it affects all of us. But no, we're supposed to stay focused on NFL players kneeling, not the thing they're kneeling about, right? You see, this is why I tell you everything is spin. More coming up. You know, I yeah. almost... I almost interrupted him a few times, like, but generally, I, again, I sort of just really agreed with everything he was saying there. <laughs> he kind of has a point, right? <laughs> I, yeah. It's just, I couldn't come to, at any point, like, really disagree with him enough. I don't know about the, like, driving around with busted tail, I think, but, um. Right, right. Well, do, no, do we have like another Racial clip? grievance? Yeah. Hang on. Let me, let me pop in the third one. Finally tonight, and it's our final topic of the evening, Russia. Robert Mueller's fishing expedition continues unabated. But what does that really mean? For all you liberals and progressives out there, hoping for some big win coming out of this investigation, I would give you a word of caution. What would victory mean for you? Think about it. What does it mean? Trump resigning? Getting impeached? Being arrested? Then what? Mike Pence, who's actually competent? takes control of the country, gets done everything he wants to get done, resisting an evil halfwit wasn't enough, you want to take on somebody who actually knows how to play politics? What exactly would be your end game here, progressives? And would it be better than using the power of your vote to further your agenda on election day in 2018 and then again in 2020? I'm saying, clearly there's something going on with Russia. But don't make it your entire plan. Develop a platform. Put forward some candidates that people actually want to vote for in the next three, four, ten years. Alright, I don't know at this point. I am kind of starting to think we need to rethink this bit. I completely agree with everything this guy has said. Why did we both, why were we led to believe that this guy's crazy? He's like kind of a centrist progressive. Maybe we're the ones that have been conditioned. Maybe we're, maybe it's like they all say we're living in our own echo chamber and just listening to like right. John Oliver tell us that these fringe voices are crazy, but maybe we're just lazy. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I don't know, maybe that's possible. I don't know. I'm starting know, to think man, you're this right. Giving me a lot to to, to rethink. Um, let's uh, let's finish up that clip, I guess. Okay. Consider that. Think about this. Think about this entire Russia situation, not from a perspective where Putin likes Trump. I don't think that's what's going on. But from a perspective where he's simply trying to destabilize America. Through that lens, Flynn, Podesta, it all makes sense. That's it for today. And and please don't forget, like we always say, Newtown didn't happen, Bush did 9-11, and Stranger Things is globalist propaganda. Thank you. Ah, there we go. Uh, there we go. Ah, okay. There it is. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I knew. I knew if we stuck with it long enough, we could find the real Alex Jones. 
He does. He seems like a pretty sharp guy, though. I gotta say. <laughs> I'm Q, and this is Jewish Dave. I'm Jewish Dave. Jewish Dave. So this is Q I'm and Jewish Dave. Dave. This is Bird Road Podcast. This is the Bird number Road five. Podcast. The Bird Road Podcast. This um, is the Podcast. Wait, really quick. Can we get a um? Can we get a kitty update? Like kitty how's, update. How's the kitty. Kitty's kitty doing great. Number thirteen. The kitty, kitty is update. a baby. The kitty plays with its toys now. The kitty's pooping a lot. And eating a lot. And, is he furious? Uh, yeah, she's doing. She's doing all right. Yeah, she, she didn't, and yeah, she's she's doing all right. Her name's Trudy, and uh, you're not the, worried the, about the, putting that out there, like you know, on social media, people might like, I don't know, co-opt her or like you know, steal her identity or something. Trudy is my Bird Road podcast password. <laughs> Trudy Tootie. I gotta say really quick that that Alex Jones impression, it wasn't great. Okay. Sure, but wait. What do you mean? Know that it. Just know that on top of not being great, it also hurt a lot. (laughs) It's incredibly painful. But I will say, and I wrote this in the show notes to mention, not nearly as bad as you know the actor Jake Weber. Uh, uh, he was in Homeland last year. Uh, he played like an Alex Jones character, like an obvious ripoff of Alex Jones. Sorry. uh My my impression was a trillion times better than his. His was fucking atrocious. <laughs> his was so bad. He's a British guy, and he was trying to do Alex. Jones. Oh god! <laughs> it was well, just... I'm I'm just picturing Zoe listening to you do that, and <laughs> it must have been going through her head. <laughs> no, 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 no! I my did dad that has quietly lost in his a, entire in a room mind. <laughs> Is this my papa anymore? Is this even my papa? Um, so some little things, not little things, big things in the news, um, going on, obviously right now, just as we're recording, we hear, we're hearing the, the first, um, I haven't even finished the article yet, but the, the Atlantic has broken a story where, uh, uh, some leaked, uh, Twitter DMs, apparently, uh, WikiLeaks slid into, um, slid into Donald Trump Jr.'s DMs and <laughs> it's just. It's hilarious. Have you watched any or read any of this? Are you aware of this story at all yet? I know I, it's I'm only aware. About an I'm hour aware. Old. Yeah, I'm aware of it, but I haven't read the story yet. No, it's really I good because it. not the story because it's just a dry, bland Atlantic story. It's like nothing, nothing special. But the source material, the texts themselves, are so funny. They're so basically. I mean, this could be very easily characters from a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just it's it's hilarious and uh just pure stupidity um, just pure stupidity well one side sort of kind of ham-fistedly the wikileaks side sort of ham-fistedly having to like guide 
like what amounts to you know a a, a rat whose brain has been like ruined by electrical <laughs> impulses in a cheese maze, like trying to lead him down the right road that they want the right path they want him to go down, and, and Donald Trump Jr. just replying to things like, "I never heard of that person. I'll do some research and get back to you." <laughs> it's like, it's, you can just hear. It's not Assange. It's somebody else on the other end. It's one of the people that that are with the WikiLeaks organization. The uh-huh. um the other guy from the WikiLeaks movie. I forget what his name was, but uh, the other guy that was in the club like raving. Uh, <laughs> if I, by the way, I watched the WikiLeaks movie, um, Fifth Estate, and. Mm. I came away thinking that WikiLeaks was just something about nightclubs in Europe. Like you were just like <laughs> WikiLeaks is like you go to you go to you go to Amsterdam and do blow on a glass table in a nightclub on the sec- on a mezzanine and like that's WikiLeaks. <laughs> that's WikiLeaks. <laughs> that's what it's all. Anyway, <laughs> the story's hilarious. Donald Trump uh Jr. sent out mm-hmm. already just now a few minutes ago uh he sent out I don't know how he did this. Uh, but screenshots that look like it looks like he printed out. I don't even know how you would print out DMs of a tweet. He printed them out on black and white paper and took photos of them and sent that out. And he was like, "Here's my full disclosure. This is all the, the messages that I had between me and oh my God. <laughs> between me and WikiLeaks." And oh um, God. it's great. He's he's. Uh, they're basically, I mean, okay, it doesn't look like anything illegal, but they're just basically saying like, "Hey, it would be really great if you guys if you guys could promote more of our articles. Hey, here would be a great idea. You guys should proactively, you guys being the Trump campaign, should proactively leak your dad's a couple of your dad's taxes selectively, and then that way nobody will be able to say that um, you know, that we we being WikiLeaks are a uh, Pro Trump or anti Clinton because we'll have leaked your we'll have published your taxes too, but we'll work with you and make, basically the the implication there is that we'll work with you and we'll make sure that it's soft you get to control, which is funny enough that is what happened and with Rachel Maddow over the spring there was a a, a controlled sl- uh, minimized release of a portion of Donald Trump Donald Trump's two thousand five taxes do you remember that sure yeah. You see all this shit playing out in real time, and it's just hilarious because it's so transparent and so dumb. And I just can't wait until one day, even if it's like 75 years from now, when all of the details of of this investigation are are published and public, it's going to read like the most absurd comedy that has ever been written. I just can't imagine the textbooks that are going to be written about it. It's like so ridiculous, man. Ugh. And the amount that Twitter plays into it all is just insane. Because <laughs> it's so like of the moment. It's going to sound so no, Twitter is, yeah, because Twitter is not have like another 10 years in it. Twitter is a garbage platform right, that's right. going to fall apart and go out of business in like no time. As soon as like, I don't know, something like one dumb scandal is going to bring it down something that like no like a like a woman's going to get run over while she's tweeting in the street <laughs> and somebody's going to be periscoping it at the time that it happens and like that's going to be the thing that brings down twitter something stupid and we're going to be stuck our kids are going to be stuck trying to explain what this thing was and they're going to be like i don't get it 
why only 140 characters? Right. And right. then if that's the thing, then why up it to 280 characters? What was the point? I mean, it had already been around. Thing? For, wasn't that the whole thing? It's like, here's Snapchat, no, no, but the pictures stay forever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the other the other news that just came out is um, Ted Cruz finally sort of uh, slightly distanced himself from uh, from uh, Senate candidate, uh, Alabama Senate candidate uh, Roy Moore, who's been speaking of sliding into dms he's been in real life he's been sliding into real life dms of teenage girls for apparently like 40 50 years um i try to think about there was a time when you and i were like old teenagers like 19 and i was like maybe 20 when we when we first started becoming like really good friends we Mm -hmm. had like a group there was like a group of our friends who had a lot of because you and I moved to Las Vegas. Um, I, me from North Carolina, you from Pennsylvania. So we didn't bring any of our high school friends along with us. We didn't know any. We didn't go to any of the local high schools. People we made mm-hmm. friends with in college did right. They had gone to a lot of the local high schools. So these were like nineteen-year-old guys like us who were in some cases dating eighteen-year-old girls who were still in college. So we were around frequently high school people when we were like nineteen. I felt fucking gross then. I felt like this is lame. Why am I around an 18-year-old person? I'm 19 years old. I should be hanging out with people in their 20s and doing whatever those people do. And it just felt Could you imagine being 32 like cruising high school kids and like hanging out with them, being part of their like cliques and their groups and stuff like that? Didn't some didn't one of them say uh, everybody knew he dated high school girls? Like, like, just nonchalantly, yeah. just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, and I also, I also heard he was apparently he was banned from his local mall. <laughs> He's like kicked out of the mall. He's a thirty-two-year-old man who's a lawyer. He was kicked out of his mall for trolling for women. Uh, I'm sorry, trolling women, for girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, women is a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. It's fucking epic piece of shit. Oh my god! <laughs> Honestly, this is one of those things where it's like, after the election, we we kind of held the hand of like Middle America, where it's like, oh, Middle America, and we like romanticized the people and the hardworking goodness of them, and how they, you know, they don't really focus on all the things that those of us who like obsess over news and obsess over politics focus on. They don't care about the horse race and all that shit. Um, they're just good salt of the earth people, right? But yeah. if this guy wins, I don't, I don't care if this guy comes in like f- even third place. Yeah. You're not a good salt of the earth. You're just a piece of shit. Your state's a piece of shit. You're 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 garbage. You're all garbage. <laughs> you're all people that are made of garbage. Drawing a line. I don't care thing. what your fucking like <laughs> what, what your excuse is. Yeah, fucking go ahead. Unsubscribe, Alabama, from Bird Road Podcast. Watch me shed a fucking tear. I'll fucking I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't I just like make a podcast about like vest wearing, uh, like old men with cowboy hats and tiny guns that like make inappropriate passes at women forty years younger than them, and then I'll I'll make that podcast just for you. 
and then that way you guys can keep hearing my voice. But for now, I don't care. If you're a person that votes for that guy, fucking unsubscribe. Don't talk to me. Well, I don't care. And you gotta, you gotta like, think too. Not even a human being. You gotta think too. Also, if they do vote for him, like, where is the bottom for what? <laughs> if that's not it, like, where's the bottom for what they're willing to support just because it's you know uh, conservative? I mean, like, whatever. you'd have to be actively on the campaign trail molesting a child in <laughs> full view of everybody. And even then, I'm not sure. Even then, I'm sure the guy would get, like, half a million votes or something. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think that would <laughs> stop he, much. I, I don't know what else. <laughs> I don't know what else you can do. Like, what else? Uh, and, and that's the best you can come up with? That was the best one that you had in your fucking, in, 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 the, in the chamber. That was the best. Like, God. we have the choice of every Republican, which is to say every person in Alabama. <laughs> we have the choice of every single human being in this state. To put up for this office, and that's the one that we're going to go with. Even if this whole thing hadn't happened, I I, uh, I feel like it would be embarrassing to vote for that guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe yeah. I'm just having a hard time putting myself in those shoes, but it's like to vote for that cartoon character of a human being. <laughs> it's like that would be pretty. You know tough what I'm not having thing. a hard time doing. I'm not having a hard time doing. I'm not having a hard time. Uh, picturing Ted Cruz hitting on high school girls for sure. That's something he would do. <laughs> for sure. Like if, if he if he if he hasn't ever done it, he's thought about it. He continues oh. to think about it constantly. I don't want to think about sure. Ted Cruz hitting on anybody. To be honest, with, with that him. shit in his mouth, with all that weird <laughs> gummy shit falling out of his mouth all the time. <laughs> this is the kind of hard-hitting political analysis that you get on Bird Road. <laughs> gummy shit. Oh, all that gummy shit coming out of that mouth. Did you close that mouth, you freak. Our pro- our our uh, promotional image for this episode should just be a picture of him with like gummy goo all over, <laughs> just pouring out of his jaws. <laughs> Save. <laughs> hey girl <laughs> I like Powerpuff Girls too You wanna go do something? <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. Um, So today in our A block You uh, you prepared something special for us Sure um, yeah. We're talking We're talking movies You just got back from somewhere And you saw some things yeah, well, you know, I figured uh, I figured now would be a perfect time. What with uh, you know, it's kind of coming up on Oscar season with all the uh, all the the big uh, movies with all the buzz behind them uh, are starting to come out, and so I thought you know we could talk a little bit about what's coming out and what I just saw, and you know some of the movies that uh, you know we've loved this year so far that. You know, certainly be at the top of our lists. Well, I don't think you really make a list, but my list is ever growing every every week. <laughs> I do definitely keep a list of my favorites. Um, like running yes. at any given moment. I oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It's it's fun, you know. That way I that way I look back at all the movies I've seen. But yeah, I mean, the, so what, I was, are we start, uh, what are we starting with? Yeah, well, I'm going to start off just by mentioning I was in L.A. Uh, for the premiere of a documentary about the Wax Tracks music label uh, and uh, where all the industrial groups of the uh, 
<clears throat> the 80s mainly, uh, late 70s, and then into the early 90s, um, uh, where they all came from, from Chicago. And it was an awesome documentary um, to start with. But then the next morning, uh, before I went to the uh, my plane, I had time for a couple of movies, so I figured I'd go catch some of the like limited release ones that might not actually come to Vegas for a few more weeks. Um, so I got to catch uh, The Florida Project and Lady Bird, uh, which had just both opened, uh, only in L.A. and New York, maybe a couple other markets. And... Um, Florida Project is an A24 film, which, you know, I love my A24 films. Um, absolutely a beautiful film. I, uh, I pretty easily am willing to make the very early prediction that could change as things go on and as I get to see more of these films. But I'm pretty sure this is going to be our Best Picture winner this year. Um, it's got that, that, uh, that mix of, you know, heartwarming heartbreaking you know it's it's beautiful um the director's last movie tangerine was was a big critical darling and uh, now, just a few months ago you were saying that um that you thought that the uh, michael showalter directed kumail nanjani vehicle the big sick was probably going to be the winner but so this has swayed you this has changed your mind well i i thought for sure that was going to get a nomination and i still believe that's going to get a nomination i don't know that it's going to be the winner i think it's going to have some pretty stiff competition um and plus being pretty much a rom-com you know the big sick you know it would be pretty tough for it to actually win yeah so uh but category bias yeah exactly but i i do think that that is a movie that is going to stick uh once the awards start getting announced and stuff, I, I think it's definitely going to, even though it was an early uh, early in the year release, I think we're going to actually get to see Michael Showalter's name coming up come award season, such which for treat. you and me such is just, oh, yeah, God. such a treat. <laughs> so just, glad. Just amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the other movie I saw was Lady Bird, which I really liked a lot. I didn't love it as to much tr- as to try a lot of people. in the sp- to try in the span of a podcast to explain to somebody the hours <laughs> that we watched of those Stella shorts. <laughs> oh, um, I know. I don't even know if those are available. I would tell people that like, go buy them. I doubt they're even around. On except maybe, I think like, they're on, on YouTube VHS. nowadays. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you can get Just them. Just Google though. like Stella Shorts 1997 to 2002. Yep. <laughs> to try to explain the influence that that had on us is I don't even know how to how to do that. Like it's yeah, informed it would be impossible. About our sense of humor. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. The amount that we watched that disc was just amazing and so and and it's such just i mean i would argue that it's genius comedy but it's also such stupid comedy and to see michael showalter becoming a director that's actually respected with his last couple films is uh it's just pretty freaking amazing <laughs> um what was the one you were but yes oh yeah so uh ladybird which is uh written and directed by greta gerwig who uh she's not in it but she's i think one of the best young actresses working right now um francis ha fame sure absolutely and uh that's the only movie i remember her from i know she's <laughs> no she's been in a few others but um but yeah no ladybird is her directorial debut and uh you know I, like i said I, I i liked it a lot i didn't love it but i do think that it's a movie that uh 
you know, critics seem to be going nuts for. So I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being a pretty big one come awards season. Um, but, uh, and then the other movie I saw during the weekend was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, which I absolutely loved as Martin McDonough's new movie. Uh, he did In Bruise and uh, Seven Psychopaths a few years ago. Described uh, described from some places that I've seen as a, a darker Fargo, and I don't know if that's just a very like a transparent or lazy analogy because Francis McDormand is in it, but um, I don't know. What do you think? I... W- Yes, I think that's a little lazy because Francis McDormand is in it, but it definitely, I would say, Coen Brothers-esque. I don't know about Fargo specifically, though, Um, but it definitely has a Coen Brothers vibe, a little bit of a Tarantino vibe, even a little bit, Um, and uh, it's great. I mean, she is just amazing in it. It's the best role I've seen for her in so long, and they wrote it for her. I mean, he wrote it for her. and it's just so perfectly her, and she's so great in it. And Sam Rockwell's great in it, and uh, oh, you got yeah, me at I mean, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, Sam I Rockwell playing pl- Sam Rockwell playing a racist cop. <laughs> so, wow, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And Woody Harrelson's in it too. Who is? I, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Woody Harrelson has been in so many movies this year, and he's amazing in all of them. I, I mean, he is seriously having such a big career, like renaissance right now i think um he's just great um but yeah those were the, the give, me, give, give us like a saw. synopsis of what that's about that, that, that okay one. so that, that one, i saw the i saw the preview for that it looked pretty interesting yeah so it's um loosely based on something that the the uh, writer director had uh seen uh, like a decade ago, he saw a bunch of billboards that are basically pleading with uh, this small town's police department to do a better job of solving someone's murder. And so he wrote, you know, a totally fictionalized version of what the story was there. Um, and it's just this, like, just total, like, shit kicker, badass woman <laughs> who, like, you know, is really just, you know, just really making life hell for these detectives who really have kind of, you know, let the ball drop on, on solving this murder, uh, rape and murder of her daughter. And, um, you know, like when I say Coen brothers ask, I mean, you could kind of get the picture of, you know, how, uh, kind of like gritty and, you know, dirty it is. Um, and the characters are all kind of, uh, you know, morally there's not you know they're kind of morally bankrupt you know for everyone everyone from the the bad guys to the good guys you know um and it's just great so it's a fun it's in in as dark as it is it's actually like a real crowd pleaser you know just lots of you know it's really funny and it's uh it's pretty great. It's really great. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a pretty uh, pretty awesome weekend uh, of movies for me. Um, but then there's like all these movies. The only person out. I know that will just like go to another city and just go watch a bunch of movies. I I know. I know. What am I gonna do for with two? I don't want to go. Uh, I don't know. Go to a museum or something. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> what's the What's the most recent movie that you've seen that you uh, really oh, enjoyed? God. Like in the movie theaters or. Well, it, I guess it doesn't <laughs> have to. Is like, okay, I, I know you life. don't get to the theater that much, so it doesn't have to be in the theaters. It just has to be this life. this year. How about a movie from this year? I don't know, man. I haven't liked much this year. 
I haven't gotten to see the ones that I really want to see. I haven't gotten to see it. Okay. Um, I'm like such a lightweight in movies this year, and 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 like the the shit that I like is like. Okay, I, I was like I was really underwhelmed by Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was okay. like okay. I like I, I liked Wonder like, Woman. I I didn't love it. You know, I liked it though. I almost feel like like uh, action movies and superhero movies aren't even worth the fucking bandwidth of a podcast. I mean. What's the point of talking about a, a an action or superhero movie on a podcast? Like, yeah, I know. doesn't like Stan Lee have his own podcast? For everybody, Probably. every single person, every single person from the director of photography down to the fucking uh, caterer on Thor Ragnarok probably has their own podcast, and they're probably <laughs> talking about Thor Ragnarok. What the fuck am I gonna say about it? Not interested. Like last thing, like I, I don't know if I wanted to say anything about 2017 movies, I would probably, as I kind of look through everything, I would say that this downward spiral we have, where it's impossible to make a new thing, or at mm-hmm. least the perception is that it's impossible to make a new thing or a new world, mm-hmm. is 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 just the the gravity of that is getting stronger and stronger. Like hmm. everything is a remake, everything is a sequel. Everything is a is a sequel no one asked for. Daddy's Home 2? You know they made a sequel to Daddy's Home? Actually, I saw you know four they movies remade- this weekend. <laughs> I, I, snuck it, I snuck into Daddy's Home 2 after one of those other why movies. Do, why would you do I, I don't know, like that? I don't know why I did it, and I regretted it every second of the way, and for some reason I didn't leave. It was It was so bad. You know, you know that so they, bad. you know, you know, this year they remade Jumanji, or <laughs> I don't know, or they, or it's a sequel. I don't know. It's just called Jumanji. Welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the fucking punch. I don't know. It's a, like, it's what? a video game movie now. <laughs> oh God, fucking shoot me, dude! It, 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 it looks really bad. But you, you remember know the, what, I, the like they made a sequel to Slutty Moms, and it's like Slutty Mom <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Who's going? Who's buying? Who's buying a ticket to go see that movie? Do you think it would have been as successful if it was called Slutty Moms? I would go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, Um, I I just have to say... As I'm looking through this list, I'm looking through this list, right? And there's some little beacons that shine out. Like, like, get out. What an incredible movie. What an incredible premise. Like, that's a great great. idea for a movie. And it's not based off of any IP. It's not based off of any like uh, any adaptations, or it's not a remake of like a Stephen King miniseries from like 1984. Um, mm-hmm. And then I look at a lot of the like just mediocre reimaginings of like I don't know when's the last time somebody in a room somewhere was just like I don't know when's the last time we did a fucking King Kong thing? Okay, let's do a King Kong thing. I don't know so- when's the last time we did the Mummy. I don't know. <laughs> fucking do it. Do mummy. I don't know. Put Tom Cruise in it. I don't have anything else for him. And what, a, what, and what, what if we put mummy. a? What if? <laughs> what if we did? You know, a, a a girl John Wick. Okay, let's do that. You know, I don't. I still haven't seen that movie. I want to see Atomic Blonde. It's, I want to see that. It it's not very good. I, people loved it, and I I think people just wanted to say they loved it. It's really not very good. Um. But you know what? As we transition into what's coming, they remade Baywatch uh, for- this year, dude. They remade <laughs> Baywatch. Yeah, do you want to get really sad? Do you know who wrote that Baywatch? Tom Wait. Lennon and Ben Grant. Oh, uh, I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess Jason Manzukis because. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not. laughs> 
Yeah. Let me no, ask you. No, let I... me ask you about a movie. Um. So on this topic of things that look like they could be tent poles, and uh-huh. are, uh, you know, brought to the screen for the first time. What was your feedback on this movie, the um, Valerian and the City of, I don't know, breaks so, off. Despite the reviews, I wanted to like it so bad, and it just it just was not good at all. But, um, you know, I I do think that it was a ballsy movie, you know, and like I, I it's a movie I'm glad exists, and it was it certainly had its had its positives to it, but overall, it just it didn't work very well. <laughs> Why don't we play a game? Why don't we do this? Uh, I'm gonna okay. click. On movies. And I'm going to read to you the description of a movie. You got to okay. It's a 2017 movie. And you've got to tell me the name of it. And you can't okay. be like, oh, oh, the one with so-and-so or anything like that. Okay. So we'll start off with a pretty pretty easy one. This movie follows the kidnapping of a, six, of a 16-year-old uh, and the desperate attempt by his devoted mother, Gail... To convince uh, his very rich grandfather to pay a ransom. All the money in the world? Nice. Okay. Easy one. That was easy. Now let me go a little deeper on your ass. (laughs) Now let's go a little deeper. Let me just get right up in there. Okay. Despite his family's generations-old ban on music, young Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead. After meeting a charming trickster named Hector, this just keeps going, uh, and two new friends, Hector, the two new friends embark on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. Is this an animated movie? This is an animated movie. Ooh. Uh, shit, but I don't know the name. It's going to be a huge one, too, clearly. There it is. <laughs> it, it must it's the be a Pixar one. one, right? It's a new Pixar one yeah, that's it's coming Pixar, out? Pixar, yeah. Coco, yeah. is it called? Damn, nice. Yes. Jesus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one. Optimus Prime. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wait, uh, let me see. Let's see if you can go three for three. I'm going to really fucking nail you here. It's got to be a theatrically released movie, though. Don't give me no direct. No, 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 no. Okay, if I did that, it would only be by accident. Um, um, Okay. (laughs) After an unprecedented series of natural disasters threatened the planet, the world's leaders came together to create an intricate network of satellites to control the global climate. God damn you. (laughs) I didn't see that yet. (laughs) Yet. I love that you threw in yet. (laughs) Well, you know what? I probably won't see it because there's no reason to see that movie without IMAX or, you know. So, and since I've already probably missed the fuck all it. Right, all right. I'll so you went 3 it. for 3. Um pretty good. But here here's a, here's 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 a little uh little curveball for you. Okay. Um this movie tells the incredibly inspiring and heartwarming story of August Pullman, a boy with facial differences who Son enters the 5th grade bitch. attending a mainstream elementary school. For the first time. Son of a bitch. I have passes for this Wednesday. <laughs> I can't think of the fucking name. You oh, idiot. You're damn a it. fucking moron. Wait. You're worthless. Ah, I can't think of it. Wonder. 
Wonder. Fuck. <laughs> I was so proud of myself for a little bit there. Hey, did this Logan Lucky movie ever come out? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty it. good? Yeah. I want to see that. Well, really quick, I'll just mention my favorite movies this year so far. Um, aside from, I really liked those ones that I saw this weekend, but I got to let them sit before I know where they really fit on my list. But uh, Elisa is a mute, isolated woman who works as a cleaning lady in a hidden high-security government laboratory. Shape of Water. Fucking dickweed. Which is going to be the first one I was going to mention on movies that are coming up soon that should be amazing. <laughs> well, that's a good segue there. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, I knew uh, you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I made the choice to do that because I knew you were doing that. Um, that is weird. I was able to get that with like six words. <laughs> you went hard. Oh, my God. This is the Octavia Spencer movie of the year. Like ever, there's no actor that is actor or actress that is more of a bellwether for me where I know what the movie's gonna be than Octavia Spencer, where I know, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. It's like <laughs> there's gonna be a white guy that doesn't know what's going on and is like, he, he's like he's like he like meanders across the line of like well-meaning but stupid to evil and like ill-intentioned like it's gonna be that there's gonna be someone who doubts a woman and like puts her down there's gonna be redemption there's like i just know it won't always be octavia spencer's character that is Uh but but her presence in the movie validates that it will that these tropes will 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 happen well, you're going to feel pretty awkward here because our first guest on Bird Road, everybody welcome. <laughs> Jason Spencer, Octavia Spencer's son. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that about my mama. <laughs> so bad. But you know what? I'm a professional. I came here. <laughs> I came here anticipating this kind of thing. I realized that you guys are somewhat ribald, <laughs> and I'm going to continue to talk about my crocheting business. You can't stop me. Oh, wow, Jason Spencer's really—he's uh, a real nice understanding guy. guy. He's a real class act. <laughs> It would be incredible if she has a son named Jason. I would love it. It would be so good. Oh my god. Gave it gave it like half a second of a thought of doing a Jason Spencer accent. A fictional character. Decided against that, it. That bad immediately. <laughs> immediately decided against it. It's like you know what I could do? I could get I could develop this Jason guy. Nope. I could get into who he is as a as a guy. And I was like, let me just let me steer clear of that. Let me steer clear of that entirely. Cause why would I? You know what? He has a crocheting business. How about that? <laughs> Say that he has a record label. Nope. Crocheting business. <laughs> Because I'm a good person. 
I'm not a bad person. I never for a million years thought this was going to go in this direction. <laughs> this is your segment. That you've allowed it to become this is on you. When this shit happens in one of my segments, I get control of it and I own it. I, I've I, lost I redirect control. it back. I redirect it back to where it's supposed to go. You are an absentee landlord. An absentee landlord. <laughs> Jesus, what is that even from? I don't even remember what movie that's from. I think he he's an like... absentee landlord. Wait, wait a minute. I'm like smacking the microphone now. I'm like everything is the wheels are off the train. <laughs> Al Pacino, devil's advocate. <laughs> Does he say that? He's an absentee <laughs> landlord. <laughs> yeah. He's a sadist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of man. I'm a humanist. Maybe the last humanist. Guys, spoiler alert, it's he's Satan. At the end, it turns out he's Satan. <laughs> Devil's uh, advocate. Al Pacino is, is the devil. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able <laughs> to bring this back around. <laughs> you had notes laid out. So pretty. Me thinking about like you putting together notes about this and what I've done to that whole fucking... Like, <laughs> what I've done to that entire... Like, like, construct how I've laid it bare as, as like, just destroyed, ruined worthlessness. It makes me so happy in a dark part of my insides. You and your fucking movies. so much laughing there's way too much laughing <laughs> we're regressing we're getting worse five episodes into this what uh oh what, what what do you got dude come on give me something come on uh, all right me, i'm just gonna quick, i'm gonna your, quickly i'm gonna quickly go over what i want to see for the rest of the year the things that i'm most fuck looking forward mary to. kill thor fuck spider-man mary. wonder woman all right i <laughs> i guess i I guess I, I guess I fuck Thor. I marry wow. Wonder Woman, and I kill Spider Man. What? <laughs> I hope this is the kind of serious movie film analysis that you were like looking to get into in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was how I came out of the closet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
on this podcast. And it was I had it in my I had it in my pool with all the, with all the rest of our friends. I definitely had talking about superheroes on our podcast as in my in our pool of how Jewish Dave is going to come out of the closet. So I'd be a rich man. I'd be doing quite well. Oh God. <laughs> All right, let me get through this list here. Okay, the the movies that I'm looking forward All to. All of the, the listeners of ours who, who, who tell us who tell us that they don't like hearing about politics and they just like hearing us bullshit because there's a few that are like that that say that oh yeah right. uh, like you always you always tell me that that we get a few comments about that like oh I just uh, like hearing you guys talk not no politics they're gonna love this episode this is right up their alley oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I really like is when you two laugh uncontrollably <laughs> for 15 straight minutes. <laughs> well, Q rambles. Well, next month, a disaster artist comes out. I can't oh, fucking wait for that. Do you want to tell the story of the disaster? of, of the? Why don't you explain <laughs> to people first what, what the disaster artist is uh, okay. and then um, explain to them. It's yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell them our touchstone significance story. to us. Yeah. Yes. Us. All right. So the disaster artist is a, uh, a movie directed and starring, uh, directed and starring James Franco. It's got Seth Rogen and just a big, huge cast of comedy people. David Franco. Is the, yes, <laughs> David Franco. It's it's the um, the story of the making of the cult classic, uh, The Room. Uh, from Tommy Wiseau, it was. Uh, it's based on the book by Greg Sestero, who was the uh, uh, the co-star and line producer of the room. <laughs> and uh, it's an amazing book. <laughs> and uh, the movie, The Room, is uh, as most people know by now. Although maybe it's still semi cult ish, but uh, it's one of the worst movies ever. But one of the most watchable worst movies ever it's absolutely hilarious and uh it has a huge following there's screenings of it uh all over uh in los angeles every month uh ever since it came out uh when, when did it come out like 2002 or something 2003 uh, i'll look it up right now but i am um, <clears throat> I, I, yeah. I i, I and, think it was 2002 based on some <clears throat> things that were happening with me in my life yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no 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 and it was so, actually it was summer of 2003 no actually yeah that was that very very chaotic summer yeah personally so here's what happened uh so this is why this movie uh means a lot to me and q specifically uh the room real had quick only before screened... you get into it re- okay. really quick before you get into it as i pulled up the fact page of the of the room <clears> to look yeah. at it I see the box office was only eighteen hundred dollars. That includes our like ten bucks. That eighteen hundred dollars, right? Like we're sure. part of that little, you know, that little box. That office. little bit, little bit. That little bit, yeah. Uh, so the good. room anyway, had only screened. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a while since I looked at the calendar that they had on their old website. But the room had screened three times at this point in two thousand three. Right. When it played at this weird little film festival that and it was not Cinevegas. Most people, when I tell them the story, they think, "Oh yeah, Cinevegas." It was at the no, Palms I where Cinevegas usually happen. I yeah. always, I, I, I told the story wrong for years. Actually, I always yeah. said we we saw it at Cinevegas, and it, right. you were right. It was not Cinevegas. It was some like random 
one I day. I think festival it was called the like New York Film Festival. <laughs> it was in Las Vegas at, at the Palms. I I don't I don't really know, but but uh, we we're walking around. We had just seen I think some kind of documentary or something. We were walking around in the um, the Brendan Theater's lobby, and this guy with this long black hair. He looked kind of like a vampire a little bit. He like a ninja walked vampire. Up, <laughs> like a ninja vampire. Real lean. Real yeah. lean and like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Real haggard. Um, haggard. He, he, he walks up to us and Immediately he goes, was sure I was being sold like a watch or something. I was <laughs> a thousand percent yeah. sure. I was like, I don't have any change. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so he says, what what you two going to see next? And that, that's my Tommy Wiseau impression. Uh, and, uh, and we're like, oh, yeah. we're not really sure. We're, we're looking at the uh, the schedule right now trying to figure out. He goes, how about you come see my movie? I, I make this movie myself. And I go, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'm actually a, a music composer for film. And uh, I went to give him one of my cards. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I love music. I spent $2 million on the music for this movie. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and so he led us directly to the theater. <laughs> Two million dollars. Proceeded, <laughs> proceeded to sit down right next to me. <laughs> like in the middle, prime seats. The guy sat with me through his, the whole movie with like a pretty young woman on his other arm. <laughs> and we, we sat there. And I think the movie had just started, right? Like it was starting as we sat down, right? Um, if um, I remember correctly. And no, you know it, why? No, you're wrong. You're wrong, and I'll tell okay. you why. Um, because there were some comments. Somebody made some comments before the movie, uh, and they okay. they recognized Tommy from the um, from the pulpit, from the the you know the area in front of the um, in front of the screen. They said thank you for coming. I don't remember who it was. Somebody attached or associated with the film festival. They made a few comments, and they're like, "We want to thank." Uh, you know uh, the the film creator recognize him and and he took a little kind of like a little mini bow, so uh-huh. we were sitting right next to him. It looked like we were part <clears> of his 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 team of people that we that were with him, and uh, we weren't. Now thinking about it, the woman that was on the other side of him, probably pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure she probably didn't know him either. He probably most just, likely like, yeah corralled her into <laughs> into coming. So what, oh we, what we went on to see that day was incredible. Yeah, whatever. This this movie is mainstream enough at this point that if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already seen The Room and know all the punchlines and how funny it is. Sure. Um, but at, at that point, it was not a thing yet, and people nothing. did not know nothing. what to expect. It was not there, – there weren't any of the throwing spoons. There weren't any, any of the common – uh, you know, little rituals that people have while watching the movie. None, none no, of that. No, and actually, had, one of the one of the nuances that's but one of the nuances that I think was either lost to hi- to history or maybe some of the historians of this movie have mentioned it, uh, is that um, at that time, because Tommy Wiseau is nothing if not a, um, a, 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 a an apt businessman, uh, when he went to I don't know however many screenings of people laughing at his like what he what was his bleeding heart that he'd put out on the screen and people just uh-huh. laughing at it uh he he very deftly changed the marketing to 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 position it as a comedy um right at this time it was still being it was still being marketed as a drama so yes. the tagline on, the tagline on the um 
the tagline on the on the on the poster which would eventually become you know a black comedy in the spirit of tennessee williams uh it, at that time it was and we still say this all the time can you ever really know anyone <laughs> 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 Which is a great tagline. That's an incredible tagline. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that screening, I I don't know that I've ever laughed that hard in my life. That how hard we were laughing. You pretty much beat the shit out of me. Like yeah, you were I hitting just, me like, so fucking pulverizing hard. you. I was pulverizing you. Like and, what did you bring me to? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Where yeah. do I go get a copy? I asked him immediately. I was like, can I buy a copy? Yeah, it wasn't available yet. It it came a couple, I think a year or two later, it came out on DVD. Um, A year or two later, it came out. We bought it. We watched it. Um, The internet was not really social yet. It was those, like, years before shit, like, like, you know, where where connectivity um, based on interests really took took off and defined social media. Well, MySpace, Um, I think, became a thing, like, later that next year or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we... um, MySpace was just becoming a thing that at that moment. Um, and what I'll, what I'll never forget is, okay, we found some, uh, you found some exotic website to like buy this thing. And we watched it a few more times. When I met my wife and started dating her, it was one of the first things we showed her. We, f- mm. we brought her back to your house and show. We were like, this is your litmus test. If you think this is funny, you're cool. <laughs> um, and uh, so we... Uh, Years later, after I'd already moved to Miami, you called me one day and you told me, you're like, hey, the room is apparently a thing. And I was like, what do you mean? And you were like, uh, people are apparently, it's become a huge cult classic. It's sort of a, a Rocky Horror Picture Show type thing in L.A. People are going to screenings of it every month. I was like, no way. I, I was, But immediately I believed it. Immediately I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. In yeah, my head, I was. I, I thought to myself, like, yes, and its legend has only grown in the intervening years. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, <clears throat> it's, there's it's no way. Become... There's no way to convince you not to go see the disaster artist until I come to town, huh? <laughs> I wish, but you should just fly out for it. it I mean, just doesn't see. It doesn't seem right that you're gonna. The go fact. To that the fact that me. now I know. I know. Well, it also never really felt right that I went to the L.A. screenings without you. I went twice. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, uh, but we did go to another one in Vegas. Remember, it was like a. What was it like? One of those. That's right. Uh, mystery science was theater a, type thing. A mystery science theater <laughs> thing. I don't know what that yeah. was. It was some weird. Like yeah. a ripoff of Mystery Science Theater that they were trying to get off the ground. It was like some, yeah, like it was pretty some, fun. It wasn't. It actually wasn't as fun as just going with a full no. crowd of people who love the room, right? Because you know? right. it's already this was so like ridiculous. The kind. This was like the cross section of people who like. This was the cross section of people who think Jimmy Buffett songs are interesting and funny. <laughs> it, that was the people who were. Who were at that screening, and yeah. it was like oh, it was kind of whatever. Well, the f- the fact that the disaster <laughs> artist turned into you know this book came out and it's a fantastic book, and now this movie's coming out, and the fact that it has some Oscar buzz behind it because of how amazingly the screenings went at film festivals, um, is seriously just the craziest, you know, most. The fact that Tommy Wiseau to is think probably about be 14 at the Oscars years ago, next this year. Maniac, <laughs> to think about this maniac 14 years ago who was trolling the hallways of like of Brendan theaters, like some like cheap jack 
garbage theater in in Vegas in the Palms, which is like a cheap jack garbage hotel, um, like <laughs> <laughs> just like trolling around trying to get people anybody to come into his movie, and and just I don't think there's anything more like I don't think that there's any more clear distillation of the American dream than making the worst movie that's ever been made and just stumbling backwards into a trash can filled of success. Like it's insane. (laughs) It's so great. And I'm just, I just feel so happy that it's like part of our shared history. It's hilarious. It's so funny and good. It's beautiful. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. That, 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 that's, I mean, forgetting about everything else, that is my most anticipated movie of the year. I I cannot wait. And I hope it lives up to everything that I can dream. It'll be, um, not to set things too high for me, but you know, I feel like getting people, I feel like it seems like we could probably get somebody onto the podcast to talk about it. Somebody who's like principally involved. Um, Uh I think that's been done so much. You know, I'll tell you something. When I started reading the Disaster Artist book, I, I, I read it. I was very eager to read it. it. Part of me was very eager to read it, and part of me was very much wanting to keep the mystery and just right. kind of keep it as this crazy <laughs> Pandora's box of madness that that manifested and, and just kind of flew through the ether and flew too close to the sun and I, I agree a hundred percent. That's part of the reason why I didn't read it at first when when I first got it. Um, I got it when it first came out and I only just finally uh, read it a few months back. Um, part partially because I never read <laughs> but part, but partially <laughs> partially because it, exactly what you just said. But I think that's part of the beauty of it is that I mean the more you know about the room it actually just gets better and better. It, it, that that doesn't happen. It, it doesn't take away any of the magic or mystery. It it just gets weirder and funnier and more impossible. You know. Hey, here, here's one. Do you count in your like running tally of like the movies that happened in the year, the 2017 movie year in review? Do you count streaming movies? Uh, Netflix and Amazon originals. You mean? Yeah. Like, like the yeah. But the movie. So, like an example is people are saying that I don't know if it would get any awards or not, but would the Oak Oka Okja movie would that Okja. be something that would Okja is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Would I, the I Okja so. movie from Netflix be something that <clears throat> would be Oscar worthy, not for best film, but maybe for animation, something like that? I don't know. Well, I haven't actually seen it. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it, uh, but that's crazy. It looks like a movie that you would have seen immediately because it has. Like, I know, an animal. I know. I I really wanted to see it. Although, see, the thing is, it's hard for me to watch movies at home because if I'm home and awake, I'm usually working on music, you know. And then uh, also, I'm sure Sadie would bark nonstop through that whole movie. Um, oh, because you're, really you're on that grind. Because you're on that grind. It's hard. Because <laughs> you're grinding. I am grinding usually a lot of the time. Most people know that about me. Uh, but I don't know if they uh, they gave that because they have to give it like a one-week theatrical release in order for it to qualify for any kind of awards that's consideration. So, that seems arbitrary. Like why? Yeah. yeah. It has to at least open in New York and L.A. for one week. Um, and they usually do that with a lot of these movies like uh, uh, last year or the year before uh, they did that with 
what was that movie? Beasts of uh, No Nation. Um, yeah, with um, with uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, they did that with that for the potential of awards consideration. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about that one. If they did anything like that with that, because that was a movie that a lot of people seem to love. Okay, so here's the other question for you. Um, okay. What? And I don't know if we've already exhausted all of your prepared material or not, but um, what movie had the best score of 2017? Ooh, good question. I've heard, good I don't know, question. haven't seen it, but I've heard people say Blade Runner. I don't know if that's the case or not. Mm. Like the moodiness. I heard that the music is very moody and very, like, I don't know, like ambient. And I don't know, whatever. It certainly captured the feel of the original Blade Runner score, which is, you know, an all-time classic. Um, but I I thought it was a little overdone. Um, and the original was, in a way, too, like, you know, if you really get down to it. But, I mean, it was even more so. And also just the fact that I didn't love the new Blade Runner that much kind of hurt the score for me a little bit because I, when I think about the movie, I just think, eh, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, it definitely... it's weird. This is one of these things where people don't, like, people don't want to say these things out loud, but, like, Blade, the first Blade Runner was bad. That was a bad movie. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I actually... High? That was a bad movie. I never really liked it that much. I saw it recently, and I liked it more than I liked it when I was a kid, but there's still a lot you know to it that I'm I think is really this. hokey. Like, I'm going to just yeah. say this right now. The rapping in Hamilton is bad. <laughs> it, it is. Are you I'm trying sorry. to get ahead of the curve? If somebody, if somebody, look, imagine like the the, the, the rappers that we knew in our day in like um, uh, Cafe Capri freestyle sessions. If somebody walked in and started rapping like that, they would just get laughed at. Be like, sure, yeah. Alexander Hamilton. Alexander, like nobody would listen to that. They'd just get <laughs> fucking goofed on. They would get goofed on and laughed out of the fucking circle. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. Well. Nobody raps that way. It's it's like this special kind of rap that's acceptable for people who go to Broadway. It, it's <laughs> like safe, to it's Broadway safe rap. Safe right. rap. If you had yeah. If 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 it was like if it was like like wheezy up there or something <laughs> they'd get all scared <laughs> freak out they'd be like i'm not learning anything Ooh. Maybe, maybe this is showing how old and white i am but i i, I like safe rap better than modern rap <laughs> you like the fucking the schoolhouse hip-hop yeah schoolhouse i'll, take, rap? I'll yeah. take that over uh over trap music any day <laughs> he founded the u.s treasury what a little treasure he be. It's when you use extra syllables. <laughs> Treasury. <laughs> That's so funny. He sounds like me when I started rapping. Like when <laughs> I first rapped. The first time you put a microphone in front of me and forced me to, it, that's that's what I that's how I rapped. I like I'm rapping to the beat. Uh uh move your feet like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, don't people talk about to, that? The rapping in Hamilton is bad. How come nobody talks about that? It's right there people, in front of our faces. I, it's clear as day. Nobody can 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 deny it. Nobody can say. I mean, I appreciate the guy. I think he's incredibly talented. I, I, he's a fellow uh, New Yorkian. I mean, like I'm super proud of him. He's incredible. He's done incredible things for Puerto Rico. He's done incredible things for everybody. He's like one of the best people in the world. 
it's okay to just say that the rapping is bad. The rapping's mm. bad in Hamilton. Well, I, no, I don't think I people. S- I don't think people say rap is bad ever. It doesn't Fuck matter what. It doesn't matter what kind of rap it is. But I, I think it's just not. not I done. say bad, rap is bad all the time. Well, I say it yeah, all yeah, the hey, time hey, to hey, anyone who listens. I'm, I'm, and even I'm some distancing people myself won't. from this conversation right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're a really, you're a real huge Fetty Wap fan. <laughs> I love when I'm in an Uber and they're listening to that shit. That's when I that that's the only time I ever hear it, and I'm just like, oh my god! I start texting you lyrics and stuff. <laughs> have you ever? I taken can't believe over, they're saying this. Have you ever gone on Spotify and taken over an Uber driver? Uh, taken over an Uber driver's? Oh, god damn it! I can't say that right. Have you ever gone on Spotify and taken over an Uber driver's um, playlist? I can't imagine being the kind of person that would have that that uh, level that of acuity it, and dexterity yeah. to like figure that out. Yeah, or, well, the, no, or actually, the hubris, or just that's the hubris. That, that's the word. That's the word. Hubris. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. <laughs> to be like, no, I'm gonna take over this guy's stereo right now. This guy who's driving me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, mean, well, I'm in charge now, fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> We're listening to White Stripes for the duration of this. this, this Only Lamar? live stuff. I don't think so. Have you ever heard of the Ravenettes? Because you're about to. Uh, that's like some American psycho shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> a little story behind every song. <laughs> I leave my house every day at 11:23 a.m. and get in an Uber where I proceed to take over the internal music playing inside of somebody else's car. Generally, I stick with Huey Lewis in the news, sometimes Chicago, occasionally foreigner. Imagine if you just put Huey Lewis in the news on. My <laughs> second choices like, are universal. <laughs> My second choices are universally Sony music releases from the years 1999 to 2003. This includes Modest Mouse, Coheed and Cambria, The Coral. Oh my god. That would be a good skit. David Rosen's mind during the David Rosen, the, the American Psycho, the psych, the 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 crazy, like the the thing that makes everybody think that you're such a good person, but in reality you're just this like dark, like conniving. You're you're like the um, you're like those people that have no emotions, but calculate and analyze the facial movements of other people and try to f- do basically an approximation of what being a human is. And like you, like very closely over your life, have like come to, to, you know, to process human emotion as just a series of, of call signs for you and things that you're supposed to do. I'm like AI. right now, right now, you know that I'm that like I'm expecting you to laugh a lot because this is funny. Like me saying this about you is funny, and so you're just you're just all you're doing is this is a is is a call and repeat to me. To like satisfy my part of my brain that needs to feel like you're not a machine. So I'll walk away from this conversation feeling like, oh, he laughed. He's not a machine. He's not some fucking, you know, thoughtless, heartless, bloodless creature. You know, he's not somebody that would just like in a, in a heartbeat reach into my chest and eat my heart, you know. 
Is that what you think of me? I definitely don't think you're like you're all there. You're not all there. <laughs> There's big pieces missing. There's big, big pieces missing. There's something broken and dark in there. Back to the original question. What uh yes. the best uh tra- the best soundtrack, the best score from right. um from this year's slate of movies. Okay, so my, my favorite score of the year is also one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's one that you probably uh, be surprised that I'm saying here, but it is War for the Planet of the Apes. What? I, yes. Which, I, I lump that in with all the other, like, also I know, rams. that's why I like, just, figured oh, you would was, be surprised I say that. Like yeah, a filler I know. Movie. I'm telling you that this movie is so surprising. It is like... It's like a cross between, yes, a, like a modern, you know, effects blockbuster type movie, but and a totally classic old Hollywood film. Uh, it does everything right in the ways that like, you know, classic movies that you would, you know, watch over and over again uh, and, and constantly look for new things in. And it, it's a beautiful, sweeping epic of a movie. Uh it's more like a Western than anything, um, but one that just happens to be all starring like 90% CGI apes, you know, that don't talk. They talk in, you know, uh, sign language most of the time. Uh, so it's also silent most of the time other than score. Uh, but it is an incredible movie. It totally transcends the genre. And the score is... Uh, really just something special it's it's a mix of uh you know the original themes along with just you know really uh beautiful it's a really beautiful standout score that i ordered on vinyl and it's uh wow it sounds great and it's an amazing score now it's still early in the year so i mean i'm sure some of these movies especially one movie that uh i think we're gonna move forward a little bit here but uh, one movie out of my list of movies I'm looking forward to that we shouldn't skip over is Phantom Thread, uh, the new Paul Thomas Anderson with Daniel Day-Lewis. And that is probably going to have an amazing score because Johnny Greenwood is scoring it again. And There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite scores of you know, the last decade. Um, the tragedy of Paul Thomas Anderson's career is that he um, just can't afford... Like, I mean, if for some reason the studio always shorts him out of like a fi- like hiring a guy to like mix the sound at the end of the movies, because <laughs> you can never hear a fucking word that a single person says <laughs> in any of his fucking movies. I don't know if that's true necessarily. I mean, I I, I guess uh, maybe his last movie a little bit. I would say that definitely about Christopher. You hear Nolan. my you want to hear my impression of Joaquin Phoenix in every movie, like and also every uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Movie. Well, yeah, yeah, that that's Joaquin Phoenix. So I mean, come on, that's that's more just. I went over there and we saw. <laughs> That's just his acting style. Every movie <laughs> worthless. Sorry. Uh, do, you think, do you think? Do you think my iPad loves me? What movie is that? Wasn't that her? Wasn't that him that did her? Or that was Spike Jones? Oh yeah. Ah! <laughs> do you think, do you think my iPad loves me? Um. 
<laughs> I love coming after your sacred cows and your, all your little special, precious, fucking artistic shit. Lovely. So there you have it. That's a great, great year of movies. Great movies coming up soon. And uh, and you haven't seen shit because I haven't seen anything. I saw Spider Man in the theaters. That was the last thing I saw. I went. It was pretty one, good. Uh, it was. Uh, it was awesome. I, I love Spider Man. Um, I'm an easy. I'm an easy fuck when it comes to Spider Man. Um, like I've liked every Spider Man movie. Just put Spider Man in movies, and I like him. It's like I'll I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. I'm even, the even the Spider-Man Andrew Garfield fan. ones. I love I loved both of those movies. I thought they were great. <laughs> no, I, I love I love I love Andrew Garfield, but the second one of his movies was probably the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. Uh, first of all, you haven't seen Punisher. Second of all, um, <laughs> second of all, I love Spider Man three. <laughs> with James Franco and Tobey Maguire. You know, you know what? I think Spider-Man 3 is a little bit uh, unfairly shit on. I, I think it actually is a pretty fun movie. I'm I, fine I, with it. I love it. It's yeah. great. I'll watch yeah. it if it's on. If it's on, I'll just watch it. I don't care. You know, an, an, another episode, we should discuss this. Let's not talk about it today, but just briefly. I think, like you just said, The Punisher. Uh, I think there's, when people bring up older superhero movies, like, like Daredevil, everyone loves to shit on uh, ben Affleck. Oh yeah, and um, then the Electra movie yeah, that yeah. came off of that was but terrible. What Jennifer people, Garner. what people oh, don't, God. what people forget to mention when they say stuff like that is all superhero movies sucked back then. They were all fucking terrible. That's not true. The I, first two Spider Man had already come true. out. The first two Spider Man had already come out. Those were incredible. But movies. why? But, okay, you know what? And in that, I've had this conversation with other friends before. Name any other fucking one. Because Batman Begins was a couple years later, and and I'm not talking about way back when, like, the old Batmans and then, like, going all the way back to the original Superman. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about that era where, yes, it was right around when Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 came out. All the other superhero movies were fucking trash. The first two X-Men came out at the same time. They were both awesome. The third one was bad. but They were, they were terrible. The first X-Men the was terrible. terrible. The first X-Men was I a great it. movie. I've never been able to get into the X-Men movies. I've always thought they were just so corny and cheesy. Because you're racist against mutants. <laughs> against mutants. Muties. Hey, yo, fuck these mutants. Fuck these mutants. <laughs> Nobody gets that joke. I know. <laughs> um, that, that was for you. Uh, all right. So what is your love and your hate? Okay. Um my lo- oh yeah yeah my love is that uh, people voted Wax Tracks Records for Best of Las Vegas. We actually we came in second, uh, but that's still really awesome. Explain to people what uh, Wax Tracks is, music store. just in case they don't and like they don't know. So, I mean, you mentioned it at the be- at the beginning of the first episode, I think. But yeah, I think yeah, I think so Wax there needs to be a little more is, context. Yeah, Wax Tracks Records is my family's record store uh, that I work at during the day. And uh, it, it's uh, three floors of, of hard-to-find vinyl, uh, memorabilia, also CDs and everything else, too. I read um, somewhere once that it was estimated to be the fifth largest record collection in the world. Uh, I don't know if there's any it's kind of ranking on that. but it's something it's, like that? I remember so that was it's a long certainly time up, ago. Uh, certainly up there. I mean... Uh, we, we have one of the best inventories in the world, that's for sure. And uh, people come from all over the world to uh, shop at our store uh, because my dad has stuff that you just 
can't get anywhere else. Um, Would you like to share the ADT code in case anybody wants to go rob it or anything? The ADT code is... um, (laughs) 69, uh, 69, 69. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we came in second place for Best Las Vegas, so we're we're very... uh, I made it all 69s, like the position. (laughs) That's my Rich Rosen impression. Dave's dad. Sounds a, li- sounds a little like Alex Jones. <laughs> it does sound a little Jones crept in there. I think I got a little frog in my throat from my, my Jones performance earlier. So that's, that's cool. But don't you guys kind of have lock on that every year? Isn't that like a that's a staple though at this point? Who's beating out wax tracks in vinyl? Like there's no yeah. You'd be in you'd Vegas, be surprised. Like you'd be surprised because it's mostly a popularity you know, contest of getting people to vote and, uh, people love me, you know, <laughs> there, there's other cuddly in town. <laughs> and my dad is not exactly loved and cuddly. Whatever. You, know? you don't have to, you don't have to, you, you, you don't have to, uh, uh, demean your own father. You don't have to, um, disparage your own father. All we have to do is tell people, go read the comments at the wax tracks at yeah. like Amazon or Google, uh, review yeah, go pages. to Google, go to Yelp, go to uh, go to Insider Pages. You you can see the reviews, and they're, they're actually hilarious. They're really really funny. By the way, um, usually when somebody's shitting on a place and like giving it a terrible review, you always wonder like how accurate they're being. These are pretty accurate. <laughs> they're, like, they're pretty accurate. <laughs> and you know our 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 big famous customer Elton John. The reason that he found our store is because of how bad those reviews are. <laughs> yeah, his people wanted to see if it was really as bad as uh, those reviews because they were all laughing and reading them. Elton, and I would so never treat you like that. Down. You've got money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we're we're happy about uh, that. That's cool. That. Um, yeah. What so do you that's, hate? That's what love. do you hate? I don't really have a hate. I don't know. Um, do do your love, and I'll, I'll I'll think. Oh my god! Okay, so what I loved is in this long line of these um of these terrible, horrible. Uh, funny. We were just talking about X Men, sexual harassment claims. Um, uh, the one that that apparently is 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 of the moment is uh Brett Ratner. And so people don't know who mm-hmm. Brett Ratner is. He's kind of like, imagine if like Michael Bay was a producer, basically, right? I mean, that's kind of what he is, right? Well, he's a di- he's a director, too. He was he, a director, he too, but now he's kind of, he mostly produces projects, Mainly right? producing. Yeah, um, he's mainly so producing right now. I just don't know. Like, God damn, dude. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, the story that I heard about, I had always heard that this guy was kind of a piece of shit because he actually... Sure. Um, he, I think, had a um, had a home for some time here in Miami, um, so it wasn't really like news that a guy like that would be be a scumbag, but that he outed Ellen Page at a like at a rap party for X Men Three. Uh-huh. I didn't think that things could have gotten worse for X Men Three, judged by history as it is. And like I'm not gonna repeat the details of how it happened. It's fucking gross. But um, like, good. You know what? Fuck, man. Give me every one of these people. Let me have just get them all out there. Every single one of them. And I I, I think um trying to plan an episode in the future that's gonna you know talk about this a little bit more 
because I, I think that I think that there's a um, we've talked about this too about this sort of pendulum effect and 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 whether the the, the efficacy throughout culture uh, whether or not the movement that's happening in these upper echelons of culture and you know politics and Hollywood and big business and media um, whether there's any ripple effect to it whether it has any real change um whether it affects any real change and uh you know i mean i think it's a little early to tell but definitely glad that all this shit is is coming out and that one sure was particularly repugnant i think this is fucking gross did you did you hear just today uh gal gadot i don't know how to say her name but yeah she said she was gonna refuse to work with him yeah she said or work for the wonder woman too yeah, unless uh, he's out as producer, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your what? What is your uh, hate kind of? Uh, I don't really, I don't really have a hate this week. I don't know. Uh, Daddy's Home Two was terrible. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Um, I know. Okay, right? well, I'll tell you this: there's a little a little crossover uh, between our little culture and politics, you know, partition that we have, and. I was thinking about this last night when I was going through the motions of one of my like oldest habits that I have when it comes to television, which is watching The Walking Dead. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't even know why I watch that show anymore. I'm not even. I don't like it. I don't feel good about it after I watch it. I don't care while I'm watching it. I don't know. It's just like this leftover vestige of a time when that show was like prestige TV, and it's just it's not that anymore. Um, and uh, like. I don't even think it's it's not really one of those shows that kind of makes the you know makes it imprint culturally anymore because none of the websites are really writing about it. Nobody's doing. I mean, maybe there are a few people doing the like raps, but it's not like with Game of Thrones or I don't know Breaking Bad or Mad Men. You know where everybody's talking about it the next day anymore. It's not like that, um, except for fucking little little Weasley dude that runs a nerdist and all his fucking like shitty shows <laughs> like that guy he's like Spark, he's, sparkly eyes sparkle eyes yeah fucking <laughs> the only guy that was never cast in a Peter Jackson Hobbit movie who looks like he could be a Hobbit <laughs> um I, I mean like that they pay that guy to care about that show and I mean other than that who the fuck cares about that show um and I'm wrong I was wrong because I just looked through, uh, like hashtags. I just did like some like hashtag searching, like hashtag bingo, and dude, millions of people, millions and millions of people care about that show. Millions of people are watching it, and I came to realize that this is a metaphor for the whole, you know, the this elusive uh, everyman or common man or you know. Uh, Main Street USA versus uh, Wall Street. Yeah, the whole trope of the media and the establishment not understanding normal, down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth people. And I, I don't like, again, I hate the, the, the sort of phraseology that gets used like that, down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth, you know, common people. These people are pieces of shit. I mean, like, <laughs> in, people watching Walking Dead are fucking like subsisting on Skittles and fucking Mountain Dew and tweeting about Walking Dead and tweeting about a fucking tiger getting eaten by a zombie. Spoiler. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, the tiger got eaten by a zombie. Like, 
(laughs) These are the the people who have no voice when it comes to the prognostications and the uh, appraisals and the, the... predictions of of the media class when they're like oh well the world is going to want to see this and people don't care about that but what they do care about is a is a candidate who can say this and oh well actually the number one thing on people's minds according to vox.com is you know the economy and uh, earned income tax credits and shit like that and it's like no dude it's walking dead it's walking it's dead walking dead that's what it is <laughs> and it's it's not it hasn't changed it's just this like sort of encroaching bubble where I've talked about this before. I'll probably talk about it in every episode of this of this podcast as long as we do it, where our perch is a little different. We're just outside of what you would consider to be like main media markets. Like you are you, where you are is like kind of like an extension of LA, but it's like a like a, a badlands outpost where like <laughs> Like people forgot you're there and they haven't sent you any uh, supplies for too long and you're just kind of stuck out there. But every once in a while, the people from the main city come to check on you. Miami is kind of the same way. It's not really like a media, it's not a media hub, but it's also not Youngstown, Ohio. So I think we can see this a little bit more, but. It just was a really clear moment for me last night when I was looking on Twitter. Like, I wonder what other people have to say about this shitty episode of this dying show. And I saw some of the articles were like, "Oh, well, Walking Dead has its 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 at its uh its its enduring its lowest ratings in recent years in many years." And I look at the ratings and it's like it's still a fucking like three point eight share, which is unheard of. That's an enormous number for like regular cable television. Nobody pulls that. Sure. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that's that's still like five million people watching it. Five million people don't watch anything anymore, and I just wish those fucking people would would watch Ash vs Evil Dead. (laughs) Yeah, no. What do you think, Ash vs Evil Dead? A show like that pulls like maybe half a million, right, or something like that. Probably, yeah. Not what you would call all, all the piracy. Yeah, exactly. Not what you would call a prestige show, but it definitely takes advantage of that half hour format, which is the coolest format right now in television. Like the, every all the coolest shit is happening on the half hour stuff. Like I thought, um, Ash vs Evil Dead. I'll, I'll always like that. It's lost its like luster. The first season was awesome. The second season was just like more of the same. Still good, um, but like you get to do incredibly breathtaking stuff with the half hour, uh, with the half hour model. Like I can't ever picture a time when anybody would have made a show like Atlanta. Atlanta's incredible. It's it's something I've never I've never seen, and you could only pull it off with that special moment that we're at right now, and you know, prestige television and 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 that specific iteration of the half hour thing. Um, anyway, off my point. My whole point was that you know we talk about a lot of things, and specifically like in this podcast world, or 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 the you know culture website or po- political website world uh the digital world on twitter the people that you know kind of accept certain things as truths and um i don't mean to like come across as naive because it does come across a little naive like this isn't what the actual common people actually think actually but you know what it's <laughs> it's a thing it's true it's true what what i'm shocked at 
And what I'm not Pollyanna-ish about anymore is how far off we are from it. Because I feel like the conversations are between, you know, they're on MSNBC and they're with an editor from the Washington Post and a reporter from Vox. And one of them is saying, again, like, oh, no, no. The GOP is staking its claim on earned income tax credits because that's going to move the needle. Well, the... uh, you know the uh, the the Democrat the Democratic Party is going to counter that by um, focusing heavily on you know you know incremental expansions in Medicaid in uh, certain in certain uh, in certain states, and it's like no man, it's just the Walking Dead. It's just <laughs> that's all that's all that it is. <sighs> all right, so let's um let's plug our shit. Who do you have? That, did you did you did you, did you go do um we we plugged a while a while ago. Um, our boys over at uh, over at Kings Without Crowns. Are you going to go over there and, and and be on the be on that show? We were supposed to do it yesterday, but they had to postpone their recording. Um, so if I can, we're going to be doing it uh, this coming Sunday. Otherwise, no, I've, got a, I've, got after, a, I've got a I've got a I've got a PR specialist. Soon, I've got a PR specialist on the way out there. I want to make sure that you don't embarrass the podcast. I want yes. her to sit with you. I want her to like you know. Anything you want to say, like that you feel like you have to say off the cuff, just run it by her. Um, okay. She'll make sure it's okay. And then, you know, then you can kind of let the creativity flow naturally. But um, what's her What's her name? Abignail. <laughs> Abignail. Abignail Tesseract. She's Greek. <laughs> oh God! Um, all right, so plug in the podcast. Obviously, follow us, rate us, share us, mm-hmm. download us, write a, a favorable review of some type. We're in iTunes. We're in Google Play. We are whatever you're listening to us on right now. We're on SoundCloud. Um, leave you know, some comments. We want to know what you think. Leave a million comments. Leave them publicly in a public sphere. Challenge us. Yes. Har- harass us. If um, you think I'm wrong about one of those movies, comment. Tell me. Um, at David underscore Guinones, at by David Rosen. That's our two mm-hmm. Twitter handles. That's how we would prefer to engage with you because we don't really know you well enough to be friends on Facebook. And that's not going to happen, probably. <laughs> Um, but you can it follow. It might with me. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really, you're really liberal with with what you allow on your Facebook. Um, <laughs> you're gonna get yourself in trouble with that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, on also on Facebook, Bird Road Podcast, Facebook.com/slash Bird Road Podcast, at Bird Road Podcast on Instagram, at Bird Road Podcast on Twitter. I'm, uh, I started working on a few uh, new jingles for the show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to the point where we're using all music that I make for us. But as opposed to zero music that you've time. made a month and a half into this project, <laughs> and the one thing that you're capable of bringing to the fucking table, you've brought, you've devoted zero attention to. The hey, one started... thing, the one thing you do, one skill. <laughs> Your one skill. <laughs> I can't wait to go see Justice League 
and to see Aquaman spend like three hours like brooding and not talking to fish. That would be what you've done for this podcast. I want to hear. I want to hear you do an impression of Aquaman in Damn, the trailer. Have you? you... I'm Aquaman. <laughs> I'm Aquaman. I don't know. Shut the fuck up. Boom. <laughs> you are my rose. 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 You are my.